Often, people come to Sage International Incorporated because they have a dream, the dream of owning their own business. But of course, they have absolutely no idea where to begin. Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, developed the six proven steps to success program to tap into her years of experience teaching Next Level for Entrepreneurs, a business planning class offered through the Nevada Small Business Development Center. The Six Proven Steps to Success program is about business development, yours. And because every client is so unique, it's completely tailored to where you are now and where you would like to go, based on a shared goal that we develop a plan that's been noodled through together. The goal is to identify the right actions that will produce the best results in the proper sequence. If you want more information on how you can work directly with Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva, please call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 and ask about the six proven steps to success program. Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker best-selling author and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. The importance of mathematics competitions has been widely recognized for three reasons. They help develop imaginative capacity and thinking skills whose value far transcends mathematics. They constitute the most effective way of discovering and nurturing mathematical talent, and they provide a means to combat the prevalent false image of mathematics held by high school students as either a fearsomely difficult or a dull and uncreative subject. Joining me today is Sherry Griffin, the ED of Northern Nevada Math, whose mission is to build a community that develops a math logic and problem-solving foundation in children that inspires joy and confidence to discover their potential. Their website is nnvmath.org. So Sherry, good to see you again. Nice to see you. I'm thrilled to be back and then have a chance to chat with you. Yeah, so let's first tackle that statement that high school students think math is difficult or a very dull subject. Your response? I, I think that's pretty accurate. For most kids, they view pursuing math as going to be a math teacher. There's not enough understanding of how math is used in different career fields and jobs. And when kids are asking, you know, when will I use this? I think teachers and the adults around them misunderstand that, and they take it to mean, when am I going to use this specific, like me personally, versus what is the application? How does this, what is the value of this? Um, why am I learning this skill set? And, and having a better understanding of, of the power that that has. And, and so I think that's where a lot of it gets hooked up, hooked up at. I've had high school students come through who are brilliant math-wise, like they're just, and they have like a passion for geometry or for something. And then when I talk to them about college and what are you going to do, they're like, oh, I'm going to go and get a degree in business or in this, that, and the other. And I'm like, and math. They're like, well, why would I get math? Because I can't come back to Nevada and do anything with it. And then I have a small little, you know, horrifying moment and the look on my face lets them know that 
no, that's not quite accurate. Um, and then we have a discussion. And so one of the things that we have started doing at our math competitions is having people come in and have a brief 10-minute conversation about Here's how I use math in my day-to-day job. So we've been introducing them to things such as land surveyors and the great opportunity that is for, for students coming right out of high school, um, the being a pilot and the mental math that they use. We've had um, a meteorologist, and, and we're just looking at bringing in these different people so that they have a better understanding of how many doors pursuing math actually has for them. Well, when you think of what are the jobs of the future, and it's not even the future anymore, it's the jobs of today. Like you said, it's a huge range. You want to go into construction or the trades or mechanical engineering or design things. I mean, it's so important that students, and I, this is what I love about your organization, Northern Nevada Math, is that you really do help them understand that, yeah, I might not do algebra every single day, but there isn't a job that doesn't require some kind of logical thinking or problem solving. So talk about, that's the 30,000-foot view of understanding math. Yeah, we define math as the creative application of logic to solve complex problems. And what we're really wanting kids to do is think and embrace challenge. We're watching so many kids come through who, if they get the problem wrong, they expect the answer to be given to them. And a lot of that has to do with there's so many checklists that teachers have. And so I I can't fault the teacher because there's only so much you can do with a room full of kids at all different levels. But the, the kids don't have a t- time to really think and struggle with a problem. And as I tell kids, you, you can't go run a marathon by sitting on the couch all day eating bonbons. You're not going to be able to go and solve tomorrow's big world problems if you haven't had to think and be challenged today. And getting kids to just appreciate that it's okay to not have the answer immediately is, is significant. I mean, it's just mind-blowing for some of them when we talk about how there are people whose entire career is trying to solve one math problem. And if they get it right, they get a million dollars. But they're spending their entire life with one math problem. And those kids are just, like, amazed. Because well, isn't, I mean, failure, and, and that's a tough word to use, but, I mean, it, it really is. It teaches you a lot. And so good that it's on a sheet of paper and maybe I didn't get the right answer. But what does that do for, uh, you know, building their self-esteem and confidence when they finally do get to the right answer? Yeah. So I, I always find it really interesting. We don't give kids these challenges. And I used to just always say with my own kids if you don't have the opportunity to fail, then you don't have the opportunity to succeed. So so what is the purpose and the point? And the brain research is that when you struggle with a problem, even if you get it incorrect, your brain is making connections and, and it, they're doing – it's all kinds of growth and amazement where when you don't have that struggle, your brain does nothing. It's, you know, yeah, your brain, it isn't a muscle. I get that. But it, it actually acts like a muscle, and it, and it grows as a muscle grows. Either you use it or you lose it. And I think we have all know people who haven't used it, <laughs> and so they've lost it. And, and we just tell kids, if you're not making mistakes, you're not working on hard enough problems. Well, and let's jump into, you know, the education system is in failure as far as I'm concerned. Certainly in the math arena, I mean, nothing's changed since the 90s. Right. You know, 
Yeah. And and other countries are far exceeding us. So here, when you talk about, gee, I can't get a job here, the reason is because they have to go out to all these other countries to get these students who understand math, right, or the STEM fields, and and why nothing is changing in the United States, I don't understand. Well, there's been, there have been some changes in the math classroom. Unfortunately, I think we threw those changes on our elementary teachers, the ones who have the least content knowledge in that regard, without enough preparation. So it really put them into a spiral. Uh, Nevada tomorrow um, put out for the 2021 numbers, our fourth graders proficient in math was only at 37.1%, and our eighth graders were only proficient at a rate of 23.6%. That means that you're talking over 70% of eighth graders are not proficient in math. How are you going to be successful in high school? How is college even on on the table for you? And if you look at the numbers prior to that, the numbers were not that much better. So if you want to say, oh, it was you know the COVID year, great, but we haven't been fifty percent for a while, and that's that's a problem. And and part of it is I see is culturally, um, in some of the schools. Right, liking math is not cool, which is where we come in because you can come and like math with us and then go back to school and nobody, you know, and be with the people who don't like math and nobody knows that, you know, yeah, you like to spend a Saturday doing problems and with other people thinking. Um, but, but there's also, we've got several pockets within our community where there is this idea that if their girls start doing math, they're not, they're going to be too good for the boys that they'll be marrying. And and my reaction is always, well, why don't they just marry better boys? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, maybe the boys will try to keep up. Um, but we, we do have some of those just roadblocks. And some of them we can get through and get by. Um, but other ones, I'm not sure how we, how we really drive it. I think there's several communities where we need um, people within those communities to really take ownership and, and try to drive some of that. So let's talk about Northern Nevada math. Uh, so you just said you get to come and do fun things with us on a Saturday. And the next segment, we'll talk about the competitions and family math night and some of the programs and stuff you do. But let's just give the overall, what is it that you're doing that makes math so fun? We give kids the opportunity to fail. I think that's that's a part of it. Um, but we give them opportunities to see math they haven't seen before and to see it in a different light. I liken a lot of what we do to going to the library for math. So you can take a little kiddo into the library, and maybe they're reading Dr. Seuss books. Maybe they're not even at that point yet. But say they're reading Dr. Seuss books. They can see the Shakespeare and the Harry Potter and that really cool book on mummies and what have you. They may not be able to read them yet, but they can see them and go, oh, that's what I, I want to be able to get there. So I'm going to keep reading here so I can get better, and then I'm going to come back and check out that book. We don't do that with math. Typically, um, students see, especially in elementary, they only see what they're going to learn that quarter. right? Teachers redo their room each quarter, which, which is great, and it makes them engaging. That's fantastic. But for your average elementary kid, the world of math is tiny because you only see what you're going to learn this this three months. And math at home tends to be very minimal. Um, families do not cook as much as they used to. We have single serve portions, so you no longer have to split things with your siblings, right, to see, you know, what is half? Today's kids aren't as good with half as they used to be. Um, 
So that, that, that cooking and that stuff was so fundamental. Typically at homes now, they are experiencing math in terms of balancing the checkbook, paying bills, and paying taxes, all of which tend to involve cursing. So why would they be excited about math? They're, they're not seeing a positive connotation with it. And, and they don't realize that their parents are doing math constantly with everything they do. But a lot of parents don't even realize that they're doing math constantly with everything they do. Um, and parents are also way too quick to say, I'm bad at math, or I was terrible at math, or I was, you know, it's okay if you're not good at math. I wasn't good at math. No, it's not okay. Right? It's like saying, I'm a terrible reader. It's okay that you can't read. No, let's improve. Let's do something about it. Um, and so I think that that part of it. Um, drives a lot of it, that we give them this other idea, this other context. I think the other thing that happens that's different is because we're not a school, we get to let kids think the way they think. So I'm always telling kids, I don't care how you solve the problem as long as it makes sense to you. You can do the way your teacher showed you, your best friend showed you, your, your mom, your uncle, whoever. It doesn't matter. There's lots of ways to, to solve a problem. And you need to figure out how it makes sense to you. Because otherwise, if I just teach you how I do that problem, if I'm not with you, how are you going to make sense of something later if there's a nuance to it? You need to understand it and have it in your head so that you're able to utilize that in the future. And and I think that's a lot of it, right? We we just give kids this opportunity to to think. And, And we're okay with that. And we're okay with them not being perfect or getting the answer and we celebrate mistakes and and that's huge for them. That's awesome. We have to go to break. I'm talking with Sherry Griffin, the ED of Northern Nevada Math. We come back, we're going to talk about a night of pie. I'm not talking about apple. We'll be right back. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency Head Start or Early Head Start programs. Hi, my name is Shirley Davila. I work here at uh, CSA Head Start for three years. And I love working here because I love working with kids and I love giving back to my community. You will love working at Head Start. Please call us at 775-786-6023. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, having a very enlightening conversation with Sherry Griffin, who is the Executive Director of Northern Nevada Math, and they really work within our community to help students really understand that math can be fun. So Sherry, let's talk about, I mentioned a night of pie, let's make sure we talk about that, but more important to lay a foundation for why math should be a family thing, talk about your family math nights. Yeah, we're really excited. Family math nights have been on my radar for a while, but we didn't have the the staffing and the ability to do it. And this year we do. And it's just been a lot of fun. We go and take about 20-ish activities to um, the local school. And parents and kids come in. And it's fun to see parents being as challenged as their kids are. And I should say that very few of them are actually math. Like several of them have calculation, but most of them are math as we define it. It's that thinking and that logic and that problem solving. So there are logic puzzles for kids to think through. There are um, physical activities where they're problem solving, like how does our team get from this side to that side 
and, and how do we do it within the constraints? And we're wanting them to think strategically and think ahead. Um, we have math games so that parents can go, oh, yeah, my kid would like this game and let me get this. And, and you know, we're not selling them. So that's not what we're about. But we want parents to realize there are a lot of really great math games that will help your kids with their fundamental understandings that your kids will love and you will love. Um, we had our, our first one was at Mount Rose Elementary um, a few weeks ago, and it was fantastic because parents were telling the teachers that they really wish that we were a birthday party option. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Um, but the parents were as engaged as the kids were, and it was a lot of fun. That's great. So let's make sure we understand about a night of pie. And I'm not talking about the eating kind of pie. So explain what that is. That's your big fundraiser coming up Saturday, March 11th. Correct. It is our main fundraiser of the year, and its success really determines um, what we're able to do the following year. It's from programming to staffing and, and how much time I get to spend actually working on programs and with kids and meeting other people and introducing them to us versus going out and fundraising. But it's a great event. We have a blast. We have a silent auction, a live auction. We have a raffle. We have a wine grab that is done in a very great way. It's hysterical. We have John Potter, who's coming to do the emceeing of the live auction piece um, this year, which will be fantastic. It's a new addition for us. Um, we also have a few other surprises that we're going to throw in there, but we're holding it at Paisans. I, I really wanted us to have a an event where the food was really good. Um, I, you know, we've we've done the past and it's been fine, but I'm just, you know, you, you tend to pay out a lot of money for a ticket and then you go. And then afterwards, on the way home, you're stopping at McDonald's to, to get food. And I'm just, I'm tired of that. So I uh, really wanted great food. So Paisons is where we are holding it well, this it year. it fits with pie. Paisons. Yes, exactly. so, so it's Saturday, March 11th, runs 6 to 9 p.m. It is $80 per person for a ticket. does include two drinks. And you have lots of packages and sponsorships available. If somebody wants to join you, understand more about Northern Nevada Math, want to support this fundraiser, do they go to the website? The The easiest way to get there, there's like this nice long mm-hmm. little one here, is just to go to our website, nnvmath.org slash pi for pi. Awesome. So, and, and I will caveat, it is not on pi day. <laughs> which is 3.14. Uh, we initially started it on 3.14 on March 14th every year, and I was a diehard. It's never going to switch. And then Pi Day fell on a Tuesday during spring break, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, I have to suck you it up. do the math. <laughs> I had to suck it up, Buttercup, and we moved it to the Saturday. Awesome. All right, so going back to Northern Nevada math, so obviously the fundraiser and Ida Pi. One of the things that you really do is a lot of, there are a lot of math competitions. Uh, so let's talk about, I mean, some of what these kids are working on is learning how to be on a competition team. Yeah, so math in the real world involves working with other people. There, there's you know very little room for people who work by themselves in a silo in, in math. And so one of the things that we do is our math competitions is we have a number of rounds that range in from mental math to you actually have to explain what you're thinking on a problem to a team round. And so every student gets to participate in a team round of three to four students, and they get to work together. And they get to work together however it makes sense for them. And 
it's really nice because you get to have somebody check your work. And we, we encourage kids, don't get defensive when somebody catches your little mistake. That's awesome. That's part of being a team. And we want them to be able to do this. So our competition team is grades 7 through 12 that goes to the Armo competition um, each year. And this year, Armo's actually moved from Vegas to UNR. And so we will be here, and you're going to see an influx of somewhere like four, six hundred kids from this time zone and Asia coming in for this um, location of the contest, um, which will be will be amazing. But our competitions are grades one through twelve. Um, all students are are welcome to come participate homeschooled or regardless of where you go to school at. And we had one hundred and sixty kids registered for our last contest. forty three percent of those are girls. And so we have um, great girl numbers. We have great minority numbers. You come in and, and the number of languages that are spoken will just kind of blow your mind. Um, but it's it's really cool because kids really do enjoy being challenged. They enjoy that opportunity. They also like that opportunity to, to be around other people who like to think. So if I'm not, if I, you know, if I'm someone, I'm a parent and my, my child is, you know, isn't Albert Einstein, let's say, all right. Uh, is this a place for kids can go, with, even if they're not great at math yes. right now? I mean, that's part of the core of what you're trying to do. Yeah, we're, we're trying to inspire I mean, you don't them. You have to be a gifted and talented no, student to come not. play with you. So it is a great place for kids who are GT, right, gifted and talented, because it gives them this challenge. But it is amazing how many kids really love math competitions, regardless of where their math level is coming in. Because, again, it gives them this opportunity to see math differently, and they get to think the way they think. And you'll find that there's these, these two other groups of kids besides gifted and talented. So there's this gifted, the, the kids who um, are doing great on their tests, but they're never doing their homework. They're not achieving their potential. Like the teachers are like, you know, they're, they're just kind of trouble like they're messing around in math class and they're not getting anything done and parents are like oh it's their ADHD or whatever that may be like whatever that excuse is and the reality is they're not being challenged so they're not interested and they're, they're not interested in showing you what they really can do because they don't want to have to then get extra work um, but a math competition is so different because it really um, puts them in this place where they get to think and, and that's so different for those kids, and they really thrive. Um, kids who are struggling with math, it, it works well with them when parents come in with the right attitude with it. You, and, and, I, and I say this for all of our kids. It's so important for parents to realize that 50% can be a winning score. So your objective should not be that you're going to get a perfect score. It's a great goal. It is not a realistic expectation. And I tell parents, always take kids out for ice cream afterwards. It's just always. Um, but it's it's the, gives them this world of how much they have that they can learn. It lets them see problems and, and see problems that they can solve using math that they may not know how to solve it yet. But they're like, oh, wait a minute. But I want to know how to solve that. Um, they can get inspired. We had a young lady who taught herself logarithms. She saw a log problem when she was in middle school. She taught it to herself before she even got to high school because she's like, what is that? I want to know. And and that's what math contests can do is, is just get kids to be 
inspired and realized this world is so big. Because when you think something's so tiny, why would you spend very much time and effort and energy on it when you don't see that value? Um, But when you start seeing it in this bigger context. uh, And the other thing it does, I think, for those kids who are struggling with math, I think a lot of times it has to do with that context. Because if if you don't see how it's going to get used, it's kind of like you're just memorizing numbers for the sake of memorizing them. You're not memorizing even a phone number, like a Memorizing a phone number for you know your parents or somebody that you're going to call is one thing, but to have somebody go here, just memorize these seven numbers for the sake of memorizing f- seven numbers, and that's how math feels for a lot of kids in class. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are interested in supporting Northern Nevada Math and their Night of Pi, go to the website, which is nnvmath.org slash pi. And tickets are $80 per person, includes two drinks. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. And so, uh, Sherry, final quick thought. Oh, I I just want to just say start math with your kids early. Start early. Don't stop. Start counting toes when they come out, you know, before you even give them a name. Count your toes. Uh, Just... Do math. Let them see you do math, um, even when you're frustrated with it. It's okay to see, for them to see you make mistakes with math. I, I see too many kids afraid of being wrong, and we need them to be more comfortable asking questions to learn. Awesome. I want to thank Sherry Griffin, who's the ED of Northern Nevada Math, and I look forward to seeing you again on a night of pie. That will be a blast. I am so looking forward to having you there. All right. Thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business and today the importance of math has been amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Natakwa.